Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. Everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome James and Angela. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today in person. Oh, yeah. Yay. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I think this is the only, the second um podcast that we have recorded actually in, in the, the saloon, saloon. Yep. right so this is uh this is fun it, it requires me to get out a lot more equipment <laughs> <laughs> yes it does so uh we want to get into your story but uh before that we do that why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves how old are you what do you guys do for a living and how long have you been together Ladies first. All right. Uh, I'm Angela. I'm 46 years old, and um, I currently am a service coordinator at an electric company, and I also do professional music uh, with a band in Denver, and been doing that for a really long time, and I'll let him talk about himself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm James. I'm 39, about to be 40. Um, I am a retired veteran, uh, disabled veteran. I um, pretty much live a retired lifestyle, semi-retired life. I work here and there when needed. but. Uh, and how long have you guys been together? Six years. Yep. In, uh, in May. Been married. Uh, this year will be our third wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. So that is in March. So that'll be fun. And, you know, we have a passion for veterans and, you know, everything that goes with that. I lost a, my cousin's son commit suicide after he got out of the military and we've done several podcasts on military service. So mm-hmm. I, I hate saying thank you for your service because I, I don't like it when people say that to me. I I don't know if you like it or not. It's kind of hard to yeah. understand that phrase. Yeah. No, it's just uh, I've accepted that that's what people say and mm-hmm. I know what they mean. I know it's in yeah. the heart. And so, yeah. Yeah. No. So can you tell us the story of how you guys met? Yeah. Chance. He says he tells it better, so I'm going to let him tell it. (laughs) How about it, babe? I've only ever told this story once or twice because she's usually the talker out of the (laughs) both of us. But uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Um, So we met as seasonal state park employees for the state of Colorado. I was a state park ranger and Angela was a um, front gate attendant. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time we met, Angela had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, and so we spent the first couple of weeks just being 
co-workers, I guess. And then, but uh, Angela broke up with her boyfriend and I saw my in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I asked her out with all confidence, knowing she was going to say yes. I thought I was going to say no. Because I knew it was coming, but I <laughs> really thought I was going to say She likes to say no. she was going to say no. I really but, was. <laughs> um, we had... Angela, as part of me being a park ranger, I had to spend a whole day in the front booth. Whole day meaning 10 hours. 10 hours. Yes. In the, locked in a six by six little booth with Angela. With a little fire. And uh, we talked fire. the whole time. We got to know each other really well. Um, mm -hmm. Really well. Uh, she has had the boyfriend at the time, so it was all very cordial and friendly. But mm -hmm. I was, you know, I really like this woman. This is somebody who's very interesting. We had a lot in common. Um... She was very easygoing, very sociable. I got to see how she interacted with other people as 300 people came through the gate that day. Um, and, you know, it's in that I, by the end of that day, I knew like this is worth getting to know. And so I wanted to pursue a relationship with her. And uh, so you knew right away. I knew right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew right away. And was really breaking did. up with your boyfriend, that wasn't a factor of no, James. No, okay. I, I had already, before I met him, I had already been having some issues in that relationship and things that I had already talked to our full-time ranger about. She was one of my, my mentors there. And I had been volunteering at the park all winter already. And so I already knew everybody there really well and um, just turned into a seasonal employee to get paid for my work instead. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I had already been talking to her about how that wasn't working out for different reasons. Really great guy, another veteran, um, but just not the right guy for me. And it was, that was kind of the, the feeling. And finally I was like, you know what, I'm just going to call this off before we can't be friends because he was a cool guy. So I, I called it off and that was good. And my best friend had, with, took me, she was my best friend and my, my um, roommate at the time. She took me out for dinner and was like, I'll bet you dinner that somebody's going to ask you out within two weeks and you'll be just fine. And I was like, I'm not taking that bet. She said, why not? I, said, I already know who's going to ask me. Um, I already had a feeling. And, but I, I was, wasn't really interested in him, honestly. Like it just, it didn't click with me at all um, immediately, but there was something about him that was cool because of all that time we spent. So I was like, he did ask me out. And I was like, I remember we were just standing there in the park. I was getting ready to leave for the day. And he asked me and I was like, okay, cool. And the fact is that he took me on a hike with my dog on our first date. And that kind of sealed the deal right there. And we were pretty inseparable from that moment on. We, I kept him for margaritas. We got done with our hike and we were like, we're not done hanging out. Let's go to <laughs> Mexican food and margaritas. And so that's what we did. And then I, I huck finned him into coming and helping me spring clean my garden the next day. And then we just I mean, literally, yeah. every Did you say Puck Finn? Huck Finn. Huck Finn. Oh, Huck Finn. Yeah. And we've just been inseparable since then, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, we've spent time apart, but two weeks into our relationship, we went on a backpacking trip together, and that was it. That was, like, really our first kiss and everything, too. So it was just really nice. What was that time period uh, when you first met and then when you asked her out for the first time? Oh, everything Probably. about our relationship was quick. Mm -hmm. Probably a month at the most. Because I was Maybe. probably with that guy for about two or three weeks when I met you. And then he asked me, I remember it was one week after I had broken off with my, my other boyfriend. And uh, we were getting checked out. And 
he asked, How, so how's it going? I was like, oh, I broke up with him. And the other ranger that was there just like immediately turned to him and I was like, here we go. <laughs> no, um, no, but he didn't no. ask me out yet. He still was. Well, our first date was on May 20th mm -hmm. and being seasonal employees, I would have started around the first yeah. of May. So, so about three weeks. About three weeks. Everything about our relationship was very fast. But uh, there was just something about it. I knew all the way around. I knew um, even before I got the job, I had this like, you know, I could meet somebody at this place. I uh, was in a spot in my life where I was finally ready for a relationship. I had been single for years uh, dealing with the military stuff from uh, three tours of Iraq. You know, you got a lot to deal with. And um, I dealt with it by myself, which was the wrong way to do that. Mm. And then, but, you know, after years of, of that and finally reaching some self-forgiveness i was ready to maybe let somebody else into my life and uh the first day of work when she was there um you know i was standing at the back door and there was a little glass there i hadn't met her yet i was getting ready to walk in and i see through the door and i see this ooh, ooh blonde I really like blondes. <laughs> and that was like the one day that I did my hair and makeup. I never did my hair and makeup when I went to work. I, I was wearing a hat or something. So. Who would have known that blonde would have ended up being so cool and being my future everything? No. Was, was the feeling that you had, that instant feeling that knowing she was your person, had you ever had that before? I've always fallen fast. I've always done that. He makes um, decisions in general. Fast. All my decisions are fast. I follow my gut. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think it's my gut. I think it's the Lord personally, but uh, I like to follow my what I feel. And uh, after our first date, I had some roommates and I walked in the door and I plopped myself on the couch. They said, how was it? And I said, I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> it's one of those stories. Yep. It, it just, I knew. You'd be surprised how often we hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So what was it about each other that you found lovely? My favorite thing about him is he makes me laugh. Like he can be so ridiculous, but most people don't see that. He's a very quiet and he's, he's an observer. He really uh, notices people and really watches people and, and pays attention and everything. And he's just very intellectual that way. And, but man, when he does say something, it's hilarious. Like <laughs> even people at work, when he was working um, as a manager at a shop, he was like, that's the thing that people loved about him. You wouldn't expect it necessarily. So it was nice. But from day one, he made me laugh like all the time, which I, you know, I love. It's the best. Hmm. <laughs> 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 Um, I've always loved her confidence and her um, outgoingness. Um, she has certain attributes that I don't, I guess, and I have attributes that she don't. Um, I guess that's how relationships go. Yeah. But, we really um, complement each other. We do complement each other. Mm -hmm. I was. Uh, she had an independent streak to her. Um, you know, she's a strong, independent woman who doesn't need me but chose to be with me. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Those are the best kind. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about, you know, our beginnings and we used to sit late at night after work chatting mm -hmm. and, you know, I had a son, so it's, you can't just go date, you know? Right. So we had a, many months of that before we and actually figured yeah, out and how our, to be together. Yeah. Our beginning was pretty quick, mm -hmm. you know, as well. I mean, it's just that intensity of, 
you know, getting to know someone and talking and spending a lot of time, you know, mm-hmm. really understanding a person. So it totally it, it resonates. Yeah. How did you know um, that you were ready for a relationship at that time? Um, because you said you struggled. Yeah, for quite a while. Yeah, right? I think I think to love somebody else, you have to love yourself. And I didn't I didn't like even like myself mm. for years. But after coming to a period of self forgiveness and. Kind of an understand a self understanding of what I'd been through that had made me me and uh, realizing the man I was going to be, you know, I finally feel I finally realized the man I was going to be, and I like that person, you know, I think I'm a good guy, and I was just ready to experience my life with somebody else. And how old were you at that time? Thirty three. Yeah, I think there's things you can't know until you're. The different decades bring different mm-hmm. ways of viewing the world and what's your values are. And- oh, absolutely. I was different in my thirties and in my twenties. That's for sure. Um, you know, but I had already, when I was 33, I'd been in the military at that point for 11 years. That's how long it took. Wow. Me. Yeah. So, you know, when a relationship starts, we really see that as the starting line. Because <laughs> usually that's, you know, now, uh, you know, talk about facing demons and things like that. That's when we really start facing our own demons. Um, with that mirrored reflection. With of the your mirrored partner. reflection of your partner, right? And so, you know, in, in entering this relationship from the beginning, what were some of the challenges you guys faced right off the bat? For me, it was actually, I don't even really know how to explain it. I loved and hated at the same time, the way that he would ask me a lot of really great questions, you know, um, up to that point, uh, I had been dating, I'd been divorced, um, for four years and I was ready also, but he would ask me all these really big questions that made me think really hard. Mm. And that was like, I don't want to think that hard. I just want, you know, but <laughs> in, in that I got to know him as well. And it was really eye-opening to have that person that actually is asking these questions because they care and they actually want to know the the answer to it they wanted he, it was how we learned each other um made me realize that i needed to ask some of those same questions and was just really natural too in a way um and once i understood where that was going it wasn't nearly as frustrating and now i, I love that part about him was there any question that really stood out that was pivotal no not nothing nothing really I mean, I remember little ones like what kind what are your favorite colors? I said cheerful ones made it easy and he didn't buy me flowers again for like four years. Like, I don't know what took so long. I <laughs> thought he was asking that question for a reason, right? But um, <laughs> he just didn't. Um, I remember him asking how I felt about pet names. Mm. Like, and I, and my answer to him was, uh, it has to be natural. Like, I don't want it to be stupid or sugary schmoopy. or sweet or schmoopy yeah <laughs> but now we call each other babe like i have to think about his name somewhere along the line the we started calling each other my babe mm-hmm. and i bet on the outside to other people they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> but she's my babe <laughs> yeah so but little things like that but nothing really specific besides those we don't we don't have pet names no thanks so i much. think i used to call you hon just because of the Ray Ramin thing, depending on who was around. <laughs> right, right. But that was about it for that yeah. reason. 
I yeah. tried tried calling you Jeannie. Yeah, it never stuck. Just never stuck. Yeah. <laughs> my dad and several of people on my dad's side of the family call me that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Like they like from childhood, a couple people call me that. Right. Mm -hmm. It didn't never sticks. No. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you guys say that, you know, being a little bit older than, you know, 20 something when you guys are forming this relationship that the previous relationships you had have uh, influenced you or help you grow into, into becoming this and to be able to have a more mature relationship? Well, um, I did have a prior marriage while I was in the military. Uh, that was short, quick, and fast in between Iraq deployments, you know, military kind of incentivizes you to get married. They, they give you more money, they give you different benefits. And so everybody's deploying, they go run off and get married real quick. So I was one of those. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 They give you quite a bit more money just for being married. Wow. And uh, I thought I was in love, but uh, that was another fast relationship. Um, her and I only dated for about six months before we got married. Um, long distance the whole time. Um, I went to Iraq. Uh, the marriage did not survive one deployment, but out of that, we got a beautiful son. Um, so we got Riley. Uh, he is 18 years old now, getting ready to go off to college. Easy. Um, so <clears throat> Angela's been a great stepmom, but that's a different, different story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that marriage really put me in a, in a resentful spot towards women. And I, uh, I was, um, I was cheated on in that relationship. And so I was very untrustworthy. And so, um, that's what led me to not having girlfriends over the next couple of years. Um, so you were cheated on and you became untrustworthy or untrustful. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. And I, um, I was married for 11 years in my first marriage and together with him for 13 um, from when I moved out to Nashville, I met him pretty quickly after I moved there and fell in love and all of that. And then uh, 13 years later, it just wasn't working anymore and came back. I also was cheated on in that relationship, I, although I didn't know it until after it was over. Mm. Um, but that's why for four years, I, you know, I, I dated. But when you're in your late 30s, it's that's pretty hard road to to go. And and along with what he said earlier about you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. It's even true if you're not a veteran, like that was a big part of it. I had to learn what it was that went wrong. I wasn't, it wasn't just my ex-husband's fault. It was partly my fault that that didn't work too. So finding out what those reasons were and, and just growing on your own and, and knowing that and learning to love yourself through all of the, the bad stuff that you have done or, or anything, then um, that helps. But that I think that's the biggest thing. It's what everybody calls maturing, you know, but in so many relationships, you actually mature together through all of that because a lot of people are married in their twenties and whatnot. Um, but just a little bit different, you know, for me. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot that we teach is you have to become the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in your twenties, you're looking at what you can get. And then as you get older, it's, it's like, my life is good. I'm, I'm good by myself. Mm -hmm. So if someone's not adding to it, you know, yeah. so, you know, we don't look so good on paper when we met, you were 24 and mm -hmm. I was 30 with a nine-year-old, 10-year-old. Um, how was the age difference for you guys? Was that ever a factor? Not no. Really. 
Honestly, when I was dating, I had a hard time finding guys my age that could keep up with me, to be honest. And like, just speaking, like I do a lot of hiking and backpacking and hunting and mm. everything, just physically very, very active, um, always have been. Uh, I did my first triathlon when I was 38, no, 39. Um, I said, I have to do one before I turn 40. So I did. Um, and there would be so many times I would try to share that part of my life with other people. And if they were my age, they just hadn't taken care of themselves as well, or just weren't interested in it or, you know, something like that. And so that was a big part of it that he really liked what I liked too. And, and we could actually share that part of it with each other. I did solo backpacking trips all the time and everything. It was just a big part of who I was. Um, and then for him to be able to do that with me was pretty huge. Um, but other than that, the the big thing, because he grew up over in Slovakia, Czechoslovakia area, um, a lot of the things that he remembers are different from me, but not necessarily because of the age gap, but because of the, the geography. I was removed from mm -hmm. pop culture for seven years of my life living yeah. over there. Um, that does have a something to play with it. But mm -hmm. I mean, it might be a little cliche to say, but I, I mean, I, I guess I'm an old soul. Mm -hmm. you know, I've always just been that way. Um, from life experiences, I guess, kind of turn you into who you are, right? And mm -hmm. so, yep. um, I'm an old soul, and she's she's a young young <laughs> dork. <laughs> we get along very so well. So you meet in the middle. We meet in the middle. Yes, we're both dorks. The only time sure. that the age really comes up is when she'll be jamming to some like '80s <laughs> song, and I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, funny. Yeah. No, and. And I think with that comes also the what is actually my most favorite trait about him and what drew me to him to begin with is his quiet confidence. He's one of those people that you want to get to know that you he's but he's not showy about it. He's not trying mm. to show off about it. He's not he's just he's like, I am who I am and then you get what you get. And if you don't like it too bad, like he doesn't care. And I love that about him. And it's really helped me a lot because as a performer and an entertainer, most of my adult life that that matters. Like you have to show it to everybody, right? right? You have to be outward about it and everything. And he just isn't, he's inward about it, but he shares it with me still. And it's just in a different way, which is really cool. I could imagine if both of you were performers and entertainers <laughs> and trying to get attention. <laughs> that was my first marriage. He was a guitar player. Oh, so okay. yeah, it was, Got it. Um, it was definitely a, a different vibe. Um, but just having, <laughs> having that to show me uh, that other way of doing things is really nice too. At the beginning of our relationship, you know, the, you know, the fact that your, your son lived with you, right? So it was, it was a topic, it was a conversation, it was something that we had to, you know, really, it, it was a lifestyle, make a decision about. Yeah, yeah, it was a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if, you know, Riley was living with you at the time you guys met, but when did you guys have to have that conversation? Yeah, um, I had him on weekends. And, uh, but we introduced them very shortly as a quick introduction, um, at work, at work. she was working <laughs> the front gate and I was going to go on a hike with him. So why not go there? Took him through the front gate. They met for five minutes, mm -hmm. took the pressure off of that. Did he know who she was at that point? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, not just a coworker, but he would, cause for, <laughs> for years he'd been saying, dad, you need a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it's finally nice to tell him, son, I got a girlfriend. <laughs> um, but, uh, being as that I knew that she was 
probably going to be the one that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Um, they started hanging out quite early. Mm-hmm. He definitely, you know, you'd have to talk to him, but he, de- I think he had a, who is this woman <laughs> type of thing. You know, I was, they went off one time to go Christmas shopping together without me. It's the first time I think they'd ever hung out together. It was, yeah. And, uh, they both came back and were not liking each other. <laughs> it was not fun. Well, he's, he's not a shopper. He was the typical teenage boy. Uh, he hated shopping and he just made it very Wasn't the thing fun. to do together for yeah, your first outing. First, yeah, not a good thing to do as our first outing. Um, but I think How old was he at the time? 13. 13. Yep. Was 13. Yeah, he was 13. Yep. But uh, very shortly after we were together, um, his family ended up moving uh around the country his stepfather's in the oil field so they move frequently Mm -hmm. so we had to transition into a long distance relationship which was hard is hard um you know you see your you see your son five five times a a year for a couple days here and there Mm -hmm. Um, but um i think angela and riley they have a good relationship Um, she's a great influence on him she plays a role in the family that nobody else can. She she tells him that like how it is. He comes to her for advice. She's not going to sugarcoat it. She's going to tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that she's played a great role in um, him coming out of his social awkwardness and turning into a little bit of a social butterfly almost, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, he doesn't call her mom. He's never called her mom. He tried, he tried once. once. <laughs> yeah. He's, he said mom, and then he like stops. He goes doesn't sound right we're, we're at Costco and I did not answer so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never been called so that, that so. just realized that wasn't gonna happen but she's An- okay. she's Angela to him and mm-hmm. he's Riley to her and that's enough yep. so I, I I I'm glad that I'm that person for him you know when he has the hard questions he a lot of times will see what I think and I let him have his own thoughts but I just ask him why and kind of push a little bit more with it and I think that's how I was raised. My parents were very big on that. I don't care how you vote or any of that kind of stuff. Just they want to know you thought about it mm-hmm. and why um, and make a point, kind of a debate club kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I, we're also the ones that get in trouble. We have this video of us in Walmart with dinosaur helmets or masks on and Riley and I are like sword fighting with each other. And James is like, children, stop. So we definitely have a good time still. (laughs) Yeah. I think step parenting is an, it's a really awesome position to have that you don't have to have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I say step parents, step in and step up. Mm -hmm. And you have been a huge influence on Alex's life Mm -hmm. and he would not be the person he is today without you. Very cool. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And he never called me dad either. No. He called mm-hmm. me Ray. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a very different kind of role. It's kind of like a friend, mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a very... It's it, an awkward balance, yeah. especially at first, for sure. I really never... It took me probably a couple of years to really feel comfortable in the role, mm-hmm. two, maybe even three years before I really felt like that to him you know Mm -hmm. i never felt like the mom influence of any sort more like the cool aunt that's what i am to all my nieces and nephews since i don't have kids (laughs) all my nieces and nephews love me like that you know i'm but i never let them get away with stuff either i was the cool aunt but i wouldn't let them get away with stuff either so i think um, you guys got to know each other when uh, with the driving so angela taught riley to drive (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, he just did not care. He didn't want to get his license. He would still just not care. But Angela had a bum knee at the time. She'd gone through a surgery, had uh, just couldn't get around so well. And Riley was there for our summer visit. <laughs> he got in his hours. He sure did. Angela's the one we that taught him really to drive, and that's when they bonded. The yeah. I think car time is the best bonding time for yeah. any, anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime you're trapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was with him on the first time he was ever on an interstate. I was with mm-hmm. him the first time he had to figure out going from one interstate to another, going through the interchanges in Denver, of all places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that was kind of fun, and I made him drive to his dad's shop one day. And that's quite a, an interesting drive for all the way from Boulder. <laughs> so it was a good one. Now, how long were you guys together before you got engaged? Well, <laughs> three years, technically. Our, yeah, so we were engaged we, for two days, basically. Um, from our second date. So our first date, we went on the hike. Our second date, we oh. went back. It's yep, our, it's second, our date. second date. It was two weeks. A third date. Really. It was our third date. Yeah, we talked about we that. Go. It was our, yeah. our third date. We <laughs> went on a multi-day backpacking trip together. And so that's really when we were inseparable ever since then. We pretty much just moved in together after that mm-hmm. from our third date. And so we actually officially moved in together only after dating. Six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. And then we lived together for about three years, two and a half years. Two and a half, yeah. Well, and then what had happened, we had our three-year anniversary coming up, and we wanted to go back to the same place that we went on our first backpacking trip. Um, It's this really beautiful place with a little lake. There's no trail to it. You have to bushwhack all the way through. And um, that was where my dog Motown had accepted him in my (laughs) life, too, you know. And so we were taking Sarah, our current dog, with us, and um, he was gone by then. But um, I came back, and my favorite was calling my sister-in-law and saying, we thought he was going to asked me to marry him on that trip is what we thought. And then turns out we just ended up getting married on that trip. And oh. so, so in Colorado, you do not need an officiant for uh, a wedding. Okay. You can go off and uh, get married yourselves. Yeah. So I was going to surprise her completely, but I needed her to come get the marriage license with me from the courthouse. Oh. And I was like, I'm not getting married at the courthouse. I draw the line. Yeah. There. And um, he's like, well, that's not the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so. so we went back there backpacking and we had a beautiful wedding. Um, we wrote our own vows, mm-hmm. set up a camera on a little tripod. We had got all our own little pictures and had an amazing wedding back there just by mm-hmm. ourselves. And then spent the next two or three days back there camping, fishing, fishing exploring mm-hmm. the area. So you you didn't know that he was not until two days before two we days left. Before. Um, okay. Yeah. So on our actual dating anniversary was when we went to the courthouse and got our marriage license. Yeah. But we didn't want to tell anybody. So like we knew that on that was on a Thursday and on Saturday we were actually going to just get married. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, I've I've been married twice, but never actually been proposed to. So that's always <laughs> been fun. Um, she made it very clear the whole time dating mm-hmm. she wanted to be proposed to. Mm-hmm. You know, but after four years of living together, I was like, I just want to get married. <laughs> Let's get married. Yeah, <laughs> and it was perfect. No, no worries. No, you know, guest list. No catering. Not none of it was perfect. Wait, I packed a nice dress. I bought a shirt from Walmart, got a haircut. Yeah. So talk about the vows. How did you decide and what was important to you when you guys were exchanging vows? Um, we, 
we kind of plagiarized in a way. We took the vows from all the different um, Christian sects, uh, some <clears throat> Presbyterian vows, some Lutheran vows, Catholic vows, and merged them all into what we like, took the good parts out of them and put in a little bit adventure. of our own writing in yeah. there too, a saying that we liked. It's kept it short enough, um, you know, but it's got all the. Could I tell you the what they are stuff? right now? I sure. Not yeah, oh, you don't no, know. No, no way. No They're way. hanging in our house, though. Above <laughs> yeah, our we have it hanging up. I read yeah. it now and again and get yeah. teary-eyed still. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, a lot of the same things that you hear. Until death, death was part. part all that, made know. sure that, you know, since we didn't have an officiant and we are both religious people, we wanted it to be under God's eyes. So we made it very clear that, um, you know, I take you as my wife, you know, because God is our witness. Because mm -hmm. it's the only person who was out there besides us was God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was neat. Yeah. So then I came back, told my sister on the, my sister-in-law on the phone, on speakerphone. I'm like, well, you you know how this weekend was our anniversary? And she said, yes. And I was like, <laughs> well, he did not ask me to marry him. And she starts cussing up a storm. She's getting mad. She's like, I'm going to kill him. She's blah, got blah, a temper. She has <laughs> <laughs> a bit of temper. We love her. Um, and then I was like, but wait, we did get married. And she's like, oh, my goodness. I was going to kill you. <laughs> she was so happy. And then my mom and my dad, everybody's like, that's just so perfect. That's so you guys. That's the perfect way. And then we, everybody wanted to have a party. So we actually um, rented some space at a ranch up in Wyoming and invited everybody with their campers and just did like a little camp out celebration. Get together celebration. It's like the reception or whatever. So that was fun. That's kind of cool. I think that the engagement ends up being that for many couples, certainly for us. Mm -hmm. That's the private mm -hmm. commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the wedding is, what does your dad always say about a marriage is between two people, a but a wedding is, is two families. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Now, you both said that you guys came um, into the relationship with trust issues mm -hmm. from past relationships, both being married before. How did you navigate that in your relationship? I think initially there was just an understanding because we were very honest and upfront about it with each other. Um, we didn't hide it. We didn't, you know, we, we had very good conversations. That's something that's really great with us too, is that mm. we can literally talk about anything, even the hard stuff and, and still feel safe saying mm -hmm. what we need to say to mm -hmm. each other, which is huge. Um, definitely something I had not had before. Um, and I think a certain point of your life with the maturity just comes the aspect of I'm going to tell him. And if he doesn't like it, then I'll deal with the consequences just because you don't want to live like that again. Mm. And so what was great is that because of that and having those, that upfront conversation, um, we're able to trust each other and know that we're never going to do that to each other. Mm. And, um, it's hard for him, especially right now, because I go to Denver once every other month or so, sometimes once a month to go do shows with a band he does he's never met any of the guys in that band mm -hmm. um so it's a little awkward and, and hard for him something i struggle with probably mm -hmm. still yeah yeah is um it's not that i don't trust her but you know the the broken trust in my past and man being in the military i've seen what guys are capable of <laughs> well, i don't trust guys that's for sure 
um, in a bar around alcohol. Oh yeah, and so live music, and, and that's yeah. that's where she is, you know. And it's not so much. I just worry about her in that environment um, for multiple of reasons. I worry about her getting to her car at the end of the night and all sorts of stuff. But no, one of the reasons I fell in in love with her is because of her. She's a musician and her outgoingness and that whole side of her. I found that attractive and. I found that attractive. I know there are other guys find that attractive. You know. So it's coming to an understanding that, you know, I, I, I trust my wife though, just because mm-hmm. I've, just because other guys are out there. I know how to protect myself too. So not too worried about that part of it, but I mean, also I would not put myself in a position like that. If anybody in the band were somebody I'd have to worry about or anything like these guys are upstanding, great guys. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all. I know that they've got my back. They'll, they walk me out to my car anyway, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also come to the understanding that it helps him if I just text him when I'm home, Mm -hmm. even though he's over here on the Western slope and I'm over there, it it helps him to know when he wakes up in the morning that I got home safe and that that's a big part of that. And just knowing that and not taking offense to him asking me to do that. It just is natural now. It's, it's fine. Is it, was it a choice not to meet the band? Um, she got with this band after we had already moved over here. So mm-hmm. she kind of fell into my accident. They were doing a, a gig in a closer in a closer mm-hmm. town and she did a step in for them and they asked her to stay ever since then. And so I just never have met them because all their shows are over in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our property here. It's hard to leave. We have the two dogs. Um, I prefer not to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer not to go to why, Denver. Why would I want to go to Denver? Yeah. <laughs> I like it because I get to see my family. My whole family's over there. I get to see my best friend who was my roommate at the time we met and everything. Um, that part of it is really good for me. And so I think he understands that too. Which goes but into the independence. A, yeah. And we had to have mm-hmm. a conversation about it though. It was hard mm-hmm. at first. Sure. It was. Yeah. Um, and we had to have a hard conversation at the kitchen table mm-hmm. about it. And it was just being straight and upfront and honest about how we were feeling about it. And, and that helped a lot, you know, it helped me understand where he was coming from on his side of things. And at that point is when I realized he had never met them before. So, oh my gosh, of course you would be feeling that way. I would mm-hmm. too, if it were the revolt or roles were reversed. So. I think even if you had, if you did know him, I think you'd still feel that way. I yeah. think we, we naturally feel that way as human beings that's what make mm-hmm. us monogamous right animals or whatever we are yeah you know so. i don't it's, it's, i don't know if it's evolutionary or what you know mm-hmm. me me man she my wife <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure it goes in both directions yeah. <laughs> and and to anyone listening you know when you live in a remote place like we do in this town of 900 people mm-hmm. The cities become very stressful. So it, it, we're not anti-cities, but you become that when you live out yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And the city just becomes so much to deal with. So if you're mm-hmm. used to the city, like we used to be, you don't really feel it. Mm-hmm. So we're not city haters. But yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I even deal with that when I go back. I mean, I pretty much stay at my parents' house or at a friend's house. And I don't like go out and do things yeah. because I'm doing the shows. That's when I go out. And then when I'm done, I'm done. My <laughs> You know, I don't want to go out and do all the other things there. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I imagine that the experience that both of you had, you know, and being cheated on in past relationships, that kind of helps. You know, you mm-hmm. have that comparison. You know what it feels like. So mm-hmm. yeah. having that conversation was really important to do to set up those boundaries right up, right mm-hmm. up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And not having those conversations is not healthy. It's normal to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And... I think couples that don't tend to it 
actually succumb to it. No. They end up, you know, it's it's really easy to, you know, maybe you're not as close as you normally are or you're in a fight or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if someone gives you attention, it can be very, um, very tempting. And if you don't fireproof your relationship, mm -hmm. we're all human. So you have to work at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and being in the military, obviously you've seen a lot. And, you know, people who go through a lot in the military, it, it leaves scars. Yeah, definitely. And it comes out. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering how much of that has kind of impacted your relationship and how do you guys deal with that together? Well, uh, that is something that Angela... So Angela's father is a veteran. She is a military kid, military brat, mm -hmm. um, grew up all over the world um, for 18 years of her life, different military bases, mm -hmm. um, through Desert Storm, seeing people's, seeing friends' fathers go and not come back. Mm -hmm. um, she just seems to have an understanding of the military life and, and gets it. Um, she knows when I'm angry. And she knows it's not her. <laughs> um, some certain things can just set me off. And uh, she knows that. Uh, and just knows when to just be there and be, be quiet. And... But if I don't catch the cues, he's good at letting me know. Can I just have five minutes? Hmm. And then I have to mm -hmm. know that I'm, I can't be offended by that. Like I can it's... tell her. It's something I've always been able to do in our relationship. Like, hey, can you just give me five minutes? Um, that's, I mean, something I'm very proud of in our relationship is that we've always been able to communicate mm -hmm. about anything. It's been very helpful <laughs> along the way. You know, you're feeling something, why keep it bottled up? And yeah. That's something we both had to work on at the start, but I think we're pretty good at it now. Yeah, absolutely. Why keep it bottled up? Yeah. I think it's reciprocal in the fact that I've been able to help him see what the home front looked like when he was gone. His parents were in Slovakia when he was deployed and what some of the feelings they might have had during all of that and then vice versa you know trying to you know him being able to I was in my own world for years so I didn't know how it affected other people um, what was your reason for joining <clears throat> I actually joined the military when I was 17 my parents had to sign me in um 9/11 happened mm. it was my generation's war and uh I had always wanted to join the military. I was one of those kids, you know, I don't run obstacle courses and I had camouflage and <laughs> my brother and I had a little spy club thing. We sneak out at night. I always kind of enjoyed the military, thought I would go that route. But then, you know, 17, 18 years old, you're, you're a man and 9-11 happens and it changes you. I went and uh, told the recruiter that I wanted to sign up. They didn't have to do any recruiting for me. Mm -hmm. um, but because I was so young, my parents actually had to sign me in. So in a time of war, <laughs> just uh, realizing what that put my mom through. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but from 17, 18 on, I was in the military in Iraq. Um, I was in Iraq, but I was not. Mm. And so that's all I thought about was just surviving. Mm -hmm. To, so not really knowing what it put my family through. Does it mean today what it meant when you were 17 and you enlisted? As What do you mean? Well, you know, when I was 
when I was in it, it felt, you know, like you were trying to make this world a better place for the people, you know, your kids or whatever mm -hmm. that, you know, and, and securing the freedoms that we have. And then it shifted for me mm -hmm. and it became about something I didn't believe in anymore. Well, and, and I didn't believe that, that that was the case that we were fighting for a good cause anymore. Absolutely. Um, when you, uh, when you join at 17, because terrorists are crashing airplanes into buildings and then you go to invading a country in the middle of the night with night vision goggles, driving through a, a border that the engineers just blew up and invade a country from seeing that where we, we felt we liberated those people. They would throw roses at us as we drove by America. Go George Bush, go George Bush. <laughs> oh man. They thought that guy was God coming to liberate them. And we, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid, just being naive, like, yeah, we're coming to liberate Iraq. But then, of course, as we've seen over the years, the evidence comes out, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe we weren't there for the best of reasons. Um, I personally try not to dwell on that. Um, when I joined, I thought I was going to Afghanistan. Um, Iraq kicked, started kicking off when I was in basic training. I was four months. I was in the military. I was in basic training for four months, had three weeks off, and then I went over to Kuwait, met my platoon in the middle of the desert. We sat out there for a month and then um, then we invaded another country. I was E1 private, been in the military for five months, six months when we invaded Iraq. In front of the front lines because <clears> he <throat> was a scout. Second so. time I ever drove with night vision goggles. First time was for maybe two minutes in basic training. Yeah, there's nothing that can compare you or no. prepare you for that. No. But, um, you know, we always say that, you know, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationship mm -hmm. and us being a little bit older than you guys, you know, something happens when you get into your fifties, mm -hmm. your brain changes <laughs> to me. It felt like morphing into the Hulk sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and I would imagine that there's even more potential for that healing to take place as you guys, you know, continue to feel that security and that bond with each mm -hmm. other. Um, and, and your brain changes. I mean, I don't think we knew what we were in for until we got there. No, <laughs> no. And, and I think if anyone knew, they would run the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm scared. I've, I've literally <laughs> been warning him recently. It's quite a journey. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting there. And yeah. I, I've yeah. noticed changes, you know, little things, nothing big, but I'm like, I've talked to other women and I know it's coming. And I'm really sorry ahead of time of whatever might happen in the next you know, five to eight years or whatever. So, you know, the, I think for me, the, the profound thing was, you know, you get some invasive thinking mm. and at, there's a moment where you realize that the crazy thoughts and the truth mm. and, and the truth, then it, it weaves back through your whole life. Everyone who lied to you about something and your gut was right. And you're like, oh my God, I was right the whole time. <laughs> and I oh, let wow. myself get talked into things. Mm -hmm. And then you just step into a wisdom mm -hmm. that's really incredible. But the crazy stuff comes first because your brain chemistry is mm -hmm. kind of all over the place. And you're, you, it's like they come out of nowhere and it's like, oh. Got to purge all so, the bad stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you know how that goes, huh? Yeah. Purging the bad stuff? Mm -hmm. I guess so. Part of the process, maybe. I'm personally looking forward to changing. I've, you know, enjoyed the process of growing up. 
Mm-hmm. My teen years were great. My twenties were great. Thirties, <laughs> <So we're fine. laughs> <laughs> man. My couple years after the military. Whew. <laughs> well, fifties are awesome. They really yeah. are. They're even better. I haven't gotten to a place where I'm like where I am isn't better than anywhere I've been. Yeah, I think we have the same experience that our twenties twenties were horrible. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, childhood and teens and all that stuff was terrible. So this is really a an awesome place to be, actually. Yeah. You know, interestingly, I, I spent 13 years in the military. And I never had to do anything. Hmm. And I, I feel like a guardian angel, mm-hmm. like something knew that that. And, and when desert storm happened, they were, we were, they were supposed to activate our company and they misdialed by one number and activated our sister company. Oh, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was a single mom, you know, and to, to go through that as a single mom and potentially leave him with no one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was like. If it was making a better world for him, I could justify it, but I didn't believe it was. And so I, you know, yeah. Well, you didn't have to make that choice. Nope. So that's no, none of the choices. It's, it just really kind of happened. And- mm-hmm. Well, I sure got what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did. I sure yeah. Did. I didn't, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to go in the military, but um, it was such a profound experience for my life because you know, I have eight siblings and we just lacked structure and discipline and, and that, that self-esteem that you get from doing crazy things like rappelling off of 45 mm-hmm. foot tower or something that you didn't know you could do. And, mm-hmm. and I was never exposed to a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and so it greatly impacted who I've become. Absolutely. But it was kind of made like, I need to do something with my life. I didn't think college was going to be the deal. And I didn't have any money, so I did it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I never, I never saw nothing. Hmm. So, how'd you guys make the decision of going from a pretty urban environment, urban city, to out here, rural Colorado? <laughs> we kind of knew we wanted to um, end our, eventually end up outside of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to get out for sure, but there was one moment. If you want to take it to one moment, we were sitting in traffic on the interstate and somewhere that was supposed to take us 15 minutes. It was going to take us an hour and a half. We just looked at each other and said, what are we doing? (laughs) Uh, In my family, um, a lot of my family is actually in rural eastern Colorado. hmm. Um, They're up in like Greeley, Briggsdale um, and east of there. So they're up in the eastern plains and always been rural. Um, So kind of grew up around it a little bit. I was still city girl, but did grow up around it a lot um, with my family. And so I just knew it was something I was interested in. Um, We both just love the outdoors and hunting and hiking and backpacking and all of it It just made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, It is harder for me than it is for him because I am a social person. So um, having friends and family close by is really helpful. And, uh, but also, you know, I, I see my family every other month, which is huge. Because when I lived in Nashville, I saw them once a year. And mm. That was it. I came home for Christmas and um, always been super close to my family growing up. Because in the military, moving around a lot, it was just me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And that's all you had. You know, people would come visit and stuff. But it, at the core of it, that the, those four people is all you had. And so 
kind of grew up with that feeling living in England and stuff like that too. Um, so it wasn't that big of a leap for us, honestly. You know, we, I work in Delta, so it's not that big of a deal. That's the big city now. Well, they do have a couple really stoplights yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Um, but I don't miss it as much as I thought I would. I thought I'd have a harder time than I, I Sometimes have. I worry about her missing it because mm -hmm. uh, she's such a social butterfly. Mm -hmm. And I love it here so much. Yeah. But uh, she good. assures me she loves it. And she, mm -hmm. you really seem to. You got your community going on and made mm -hmm. friends and. Make, we're making a life out here. Yeah, I think we felt the same way. We and no, we're, this is completely foreign to us. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we are very social people, and um, we knew no one. Mm -hmm. we we're like, we didn't. How is that going to go? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> we just keep collecting people. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of who we are. So, so it and it's very enjoyable, and I think. Living the way we live, it's like everyone has a lot of space, mm -hmm. but you need each other. Mm -hmm. And so Absolutely. you learn to just kind of tolerate each other's differences, which feels really nice because, you know, people are tolerating yours. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I think I think that's how we're supposed to live in a, in a little village like that. And yeah. it's it's very rewarding and feels I think it feels great to live out here. Absolutely. And I think it's been really good for him in the aspect of because of the way that he's grown up and the experiences he had in the military he's not good at asking for help like ever um too bad you had that cistern thing yes, going on but you know he has a hard time asking for help with things like that and he's like i can do it myself and he can mm -hmm. he can do anything um he's just really handy like that but um sometimes it's just nice to know that somebody's got your back you're not alone anymore that's what i keep telling them yeah if people notice they'll just show up mm -hmm. and help Yep, yeah. If cool. anything, moving out here has been such a blessing for me personally. Um, it's almost divine intervention. You know, we made the decision to come out here. God knows the desires of our hearts. Uh, I had decided, you know what? I was going to look for a new job. Pulled up Indeed. The very first job right there was one out here that was a, um, would have been a transfer in, within my trade. And so we moved out here. I took a took a promotion, mm -hmm. you know, got the job. Um, we needed a place to live. Um, we Nobody got approved for a mortgage. Yeah. Nobody will rent to anybody with dogs. So that was quickly out the door. I was getting ready to come out here. I was like, okay, I got to go start that job. So I was going to come out here. She was going to stay in Denver for a couple of weeks. I was like, we better look at uh, Zillow one last time, see if there's anything. Literally said, okay, one last time. Open up the computer. Posted one minute ago was this property down here. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's almost, it was, it was divine intervention the whole way. And it's been so good for me. I found a sense of peace, mm -hmm. um, a peace like I've never felt before. Yeah. I feel also, I feel a very spiritual connection out here. Mm -hmm. um, can't really trans, trend, trend, <laughs> convey. 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 Yeah. you can't really convey the view we have here over the radio but we have an amazing view mm -hmm. and there's moments that i look at that view and i just thank god mm -hmm. yeah. thank you for bringing us here thank you for keeping me alive <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, you can't really look at those mountains and not think of something greater than mm -hmm. yourself that's yeah. for sure mm -hmm. yeah. yeah totally so last question Mm -hmm. What is it your partner does that you know they love you? 
He vacuums. <laughs> She's told me. Right from the start. All you got to do is vacuum. I, so, you know, everybody talks about the love languages, right? My love language is acts of service um, big time. So I always joke that if you want to show me you love me, just vacuum for me before I come home. And it's things like that. And he does those kind of things all the time um for me and it just makes me feel so loved and then he'll also just out of the blue text me saying you're my best friend or just little things like that and it just literally makes me melt in my desk chair at work and um everything but he's really great at just show, you know telling me how he feels and hearing it and everything he'll make a little sign for me that says i love you to pieces for my garden you know and little things like that lets me know he paid attention you know for her, I don't, it's the little things. She does the little things. Um, I'm going to get up 4 o'clock in the morning to go fishing. She's going to get up with me and cook me breakfast. And that that right there says it all. <laughs> I mean. Food. <laughs> um, well, I think that's huge because getting up at 4 in the morning, is that's not our jam at all. <laughs> Angela puts me first. Um, and it's visible. I see it. She puts me above herself. She'll work all eight-hour shifts and come home and starts cooking dinner. She doesn't have to do that. Well, it's not like we have Uber Eats. I right? know. <laughs> Somebody has to cook, and Somebody's I'm not good at it. So there's that. <laughs> We'd be having a lot of frozen pizza if I was cooking. Yeah. But I guess it's just that um, she shows me that she loves me every single day. Oh, <laughs> you know, people have been sharing their stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah, definitely. You talked a lot more than I expected you to. Yeah. So. No, she's the talker in, in the relationship. I don't know what happened today. <laughs> well, we want to thank all of you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the next Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier couples coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.